Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. One of the greatest country singers of all time, George Jones, was well known for his struggles with drugs and alcohol. There was something special about the man with the golden voice who gave us iconic songs like He Stopped Loving Her Today, White Lightning, The Race Is On, She Thinks I Still Care, Golden Ring, Grand Tour Choices, and so many others. And perhaps no one understood that more than Nancy, his wife of more than 30 years. She's been long credited for helping him turn his life around. But the true story of what it took to get him there has never been told until now. Ten years after his passing, Nancy, along with noted author Ken Abraham, has written Plain Possible a book that details the more than three decades she and George shared together. And to share that journey is Nancy Jones. Nancy, how are you? I'm great. I was reading this old article. Uh, you know, it was 40 years ago this past spring. You and George were married. The ceremony took place at the home of George's sister, Helen Scroggins, in Woodville, Texas. The marriage was the fourth for, for George. Previously, had been married three times, including country music legend Tammy Wynette, the last of whom he divorced in 1975. But it was his wife, Nancy, until his death in 2013, who he considered his soulmate. It took him four times to finally find the woman he could be himself with, confide in, and allow that soulmate to help navigate his demons. And no teenage boy ever fell harder for a girl than I fell for Nancy, George said in his 1996 autobiography, I Lived to Tell It All. When I met my future wife on a blind date in November 1981, I had no idea that someday she would save my life. It says a lot, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You know... That's I think that that's all my headstone too, though. I just uh, loved what he said, and it was truthful. And I put it on my headstone, and he used to always say that he finally put the ring on the right left hand. <laughs> that's great. I love that. I love that. You know, your best friend was dating George, uh, George's manager, but you didn't care much for country music, you know, or or for George. You were into the Eagles. You were into Creedence Clearwater Revival. And a friend dragged you from your Louisiana home to fly to see Jones play a festival in New York in 1981, and the rest is history. How did you actually meet him and go on that first date? It was, uh, she kept begging, begging, begging me to go. And I said, I don't want to go. She said, (laughs) oh, please go with me, Nancy. Please, I don't want to go by myself. So I said, I don't even like country music. I said, I like Creedence Clearwater. Well, you can still like them. Just go with me. <laughs> I like so that. I did. And when I met George, he was very well-mannered, very sweet. Then when he did that show and I sat there and watched a man sing that all those words came out of his mouth when he didn't even open his mouth. I'm like, how's he doing that? But then after the show, we sat and talked all night long. It was like he was wanting to tell things that I think was built up inside of him. Yeah. And he told me so much that night. And, and, you know, I sat there and I felt sorry for him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never I've never heard anything like this before. I'm just a little old Louisiana girl. Never in my life would dream that life goes on like this. And so whenever um, it was time for me to go home, he said, I don't want you to go home. I want you to stay with me. And I'm like, well, i got to job and I got two <laughs> girls and I'm going home. Yeah. Well, I get on a commercial flight 
me and my girlfriend, we fly forever getting home, layovers here and there. Finally, I got home, and, well, as soon as I turned the curb there, I saw a car at my house, and I'm like, who in the world is that? Well, he had chartered a plane. Wow. Leased a car and was sitting in my driveway. (laughs) And I guess you can say the rest is history. By the time George was in your life, you already went through a lot in your life. You know, you were married at 16, kids, um, and other things. And that kind of prepared you for anything. And it really helped prepare you for George, who was kind of a handful when you met. Well, as I say in this book, that God prepared me when I was very young. But I never could understand, you know, why my mom would do the things that she did to me. And and I just thought, you know, I I can't get this. And I married because I wanted to leave and get away from my mom. And then when I got married, that's it was still like that's not what I wanted. I had a great man, I had two great daughters, but it was always something missing. And uh I think that God prepared me very young for this trip. Well, what was missing for you was was a childhood, right? And 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 college and high school and 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 just growing up and having a life and and you know, although you have two beautiful daughters out of out of this marriage, it still didn't give you the childhood that that you deserved. I I got two beautiful daughters out of this deal, and the thing is that I in my heart know that I got a man to heaven. I got all those demons out of him with the help of the good Lord and George. George didn't like really like all those demons, but it was just so hard to get those out. But it was something that I think God tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can do it, go do it. And and I did. And You will read in that book that it, it was hard. I went through a lot with George that most people would not stay, but I did because I know that's what the good Lord wanted, and I knew that I was in love with a wonderful man. George's childhood, though, growing up was rough, too. I mean, his dad was an alcoholic, and, and George hated his dad, but he kind of became just like him, right? I wonder why people do that. You you hear about that, and you know, like, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like my dad. Well, he was just like his father, and I, I never could understand that, but... I guess that's not for me to know. There are so many great stories in this book, and I know you wanted the truth out there because so much has been written, so much has been portrayed, but you included the good, the bad, and the ugly. You did it all. I didn't sugarcoat anything, and I felt like, because, you know, I'm sure you, well, you told me you read the book, but see, I died. I didn't have a pulse at all. I got covid I died for 10 minutes with no pulse. I was in the hospital in the ICU for months and months, and I had lost all my hair. I got down to 92 pounds. I also, uh, fungus set in my lungs. I lost 70% of my lungs. I had to learn how to re- how to walk, how to do everything. And while you're laying in that hospital, that mind of yours can start, it can think. Sure. And mine was thinking, yeah. how can I almost die? And leave this earth without letting everyone know the greatness of George Jones, the nice George Jones, the demons that took over George Jones. And that was what I wanted to tell about my husband. And that's why that I did do the bad, the ugly. 
and, and I had to in order for people to see that there is a God and he can help you. It can help save your life. That's a great story in and of itself, for sure. And you told a lot of great stories. I mean, stories that I, I don't think have ever been told. Like he, you know, George was supposed to be on that ill-fated flight with Patsy Klein, but she wouldn't let him get on the plane. He ate her chicken. <laughs> he was he was supposed to go on. Right? She went on and this, uh, did her show, and then she was going to come off and eat her chicken. And uh, then she told George, you can fly with us. We'll wait on you. And he said, okay. So he... When she was on the stage, he ate all her chicken. So when she came off, she said, who ate my chicken? And George said, I did. He said, she said, why, George, you know that I have chicken every night. He said, I was drunk and I wanted to sober up and do a good show, so I ate your chicken. She said, well, you're not flying with us. You will not fly. He said, okay, fine. So I guess we used to joke. Me and him about it, as I said, and you should eat a lot of chicken because chicken saved your life. That chicken did save his life. Wow. I mean, that is that, that is a fascinating story that I'd never heard before. And I know you got to know George's third wife, country music legend Tammy Wynette. And she and George, you know, they were country music's first power couple. And, you know, and Tammy was known, of course, from her breakout hit, Stand By Your Man. Um, but after divorcing in 75, they would still you know, remain part of each other's lives, uh, especially professional performing together. But, but George and Tammy, they just snipped at each other. Like George did have a hard time with her, but you liked her. I liked Tammy. I really did. We got along great. I used to tell George, I can't believe that, that y'all just can't get along. She couldn't get along with him. He couldn't get along with her. But when they were on the stage, my God, you thought, man, I, I used to say, y'all ought to go in the movies the way y'all act on stage. <laughs> yeah. But after that, oh, my gosh, it was awful. And when I I finally talked them into doing an album, which was one, and then I thought, well, this sounds really great. So I talked them into doing a tour. And George is like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, he said, you're going to you're gonna learn. You don't want to get close to that woman. I'm like, well, I like her. I don't see anything wrong with her. <laughs> so when me and her were together, it wasn't like talking about George or talking about her, George. It was talking about girl stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's what I liked about her. But when we were on tour, oh, my gosh, she would stay on with one or two extra songs, and George is like, unplug her. I was like, I am not unplugging that woman. Well, then she would come off and he would just fuss at her like, you know, I don't like to, for you to be up there that long and blah, blah, blah. Well, she got, she started crying. So I go to talk to her backstage and he's like, yeah, go run to her, go baby her. That's what's wrong with her. Well, I went in her room and I said, she was crying. She said, I hate him. I said, well, Tammy, he hates you too. So you both are even. So just dry those tears and let's do a good show. That's great. That, and they did. Yeah. I've never seen two people despise each other as they do. And then the world will think, oh my God, he's in heaven. He loves, he loves Tammy. They're together. They're singing together. Oh, it's the love of his life. Only if they knew the real truth. <laughs> 
That's fabulous. We're talking to Nancy Jones, wife of country music legend George Jones. Her new book is Playing Possum, and there's more with Nancy next on 720 WGN. We're talking to Nancy Jones, wife of the late, great country music legend George Jones. Her new book is Playing Possum. You know, I read in the book when when Johnny Paycheck died, he died penniless, and you and George paid for his funeral, and then you paid for almost 70 more final tributes for other musicians that couldn't afford a proper burial. Uh, that's amazing to me. It is amazing, and it's kind of funny how those plots got involved. Uh, we were looking for a place for all of those plots, plus, you know, to be around where Johnny was at because we had buried him. Uh, got all those plots, and I said, George, we don't need all those plots. And he said, now, honey, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be crowded out here. I'm like, my God, you're going to be dead. You won't know you're crowded. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. What was the relationship like between George and Johnny? Because they had a really good friendship. Oh, babe. Well, you know, he was with in George's band years ago as Donnie Young. Mm -hmm. And they just stayed friends. The book is full of so many behind-the-scenes stories and photos involving his music career, accounts on how he ended up recording some of those favorite songs, his interactions with Friends and fellow musicians like Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings, Alan Jackson. George also had a bonded friendship with Merle Haggard. He did. He loved Merle Haggard. And and, uh, Johnny Cash, you know, Cash never called him uh, George. He always called him Little Pal. I mean, the legends. I mean, he was just, he was a legend himself, but he was just among the legends in, in probably one of the biggest times in country music. But he never, never considered himself a legend. He his words to me was, I love country music. I will always sing country music. I feel country music, and that's my life. One of the other people, and, and, and a big legend of country music, was Hank Williams. He was kind of an idol to George. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Hank Williams and uh, Bill Monroe, he loved Hank Williams. I used to tell him when he would be drinking so much, Why, what, do, what do you want to do? Do you want to die like Hank Williams? So it was... I don't know. I think I pulled out every stop I could to try to get him to straighten up and and, and get those demons gone. So I worked on quite a bit and, and I learned quite a bit about people that uh, drink and do drugs. You know, anyone who knows George Jones, and I was talking to one of our engineers about this, might have heard the story uh, when one of his former wives hid the keys to the car because he was drinking and that didn't stop him. And he took the tractor out to a liquor store. Well, see, now that was with Shirley, his other wife, with, in uh, Vider, Texas. And she had uh, told uh, his, uh, what she called Uncle Dub, and that was his brother-in-law. And she called him and said, he's home, he's drunk. I don't want anything to do with him. So Uncle Dub came to the house, and he locked George upstairs and told him that when you sober up, you can come down. And he said I was hurting so bad for a drink, and I couldn't get out of my room, and I knew they had hit all the liquor bottles. So he looked outside, saw that little conduct tractor, and he said, uh, I climbed down, got on that thing, and started riding it to the nearest liquor store to get me a drink because I was hurting so bad I wanted to drink. Yeah. But there's been so many stories told about that, but it was in Vider, Texas. Vider, Texas. Playing Possum is the book. Nancy Jones, wife of the late country music legend George Jones. Nancy, so many great stories in this book. Glad you could share some of them with us, uh, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much. 
Well, thank you. And you know, on October of the 17th, in your local movie theaters, you can see the 10th anniversary tribute show that I had for George in Huntsville, Alabama. And it sold out so quick that I uh, ended up taping it and then they put it in the movie theaters. It's a thousand movie theaters. Wow. And you can go and see that show with 32 artists on there singing George Jones's songs. Love it. And it was the tribute to George. And you can call your local movie theaters and go see those 32 artists singing. Like it was just wonderful. I had Jelly Roll. I had, I had Brad Paisley. I had Brent. I had everybody you could think of in country music that was on that show. And do you know not a one of them turned me down when I called and asked them to do that tribute show? Wow. Wow. And this is all on October 17th. October the 17th. One day only. One day only. Thank you, Nancy. Uh Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Top stories from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom are next.